You started your business to help others. Somewhere along the way, you lost the capability of doing it on your own. Imagine how much different your business would be with an extra $10,000. Would you pay your rent? Would you buy new equipment? Would you pay your coaches more? Would you pay yourself? What if you could do that and donate to others? We started our business to help you. Finally, a, a payment solution for the micro gym space. We are proud to introduce you to WheelPay, a platform that allows you to both save money and be generous. With giving partners like the Phoenix, the Navy SEAL Foundation, the Green Beret Project, and other charitable organizations, you can trust that your donations will make a massive difference in the lives of others. Saving has never been easier. Giving has never been easier. Pay better. Do better. We'll pay. We are here because we are dedicated to helping the entire CrossFit community. Determined to elevate coaches, box owners, athletes, and everything in between, we believe that this mission will begin right here, right now. While this time and this goal begins with you, our hope is that you take this fire ignited within you and weave it into your own life with the same unrelenting passion to give those you have the privilege of coming in contact with the best hour of their day. All right. You know what I was just thinking, Danny, as I hit record, I have you in my phone the same way you have yourself on Zoom here as Danny Soul, mm. but that is not your given name. That is correct. That's not my birth name. <laughs> but that's everybody my... refers to you as Danny Soul. That's my street name, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I believe it's like Lopez Calleja. Lopez Calleja. Yeah. It's, Calleja. It's, it's L-O-P-E-Z hyphen C-A-L-L-E-J-A. So you have the same last name as our, the guy we were just talking about, Santiago. Or very uh, similar. His is similar. Callejas. Yeah, his, his is Callejas. I believe he's Colombian, but, but I think Callejas, it might be like a Nicaraguan last name. My, my whole last name comes from my father's side, and it's like a mix of Cuban and Spanish, I believe. What's, what's your mother's side? Because as long as I've known you, I just kind of lump you into the classic, you know, white boy category. But I forget, like, you have a different, you know, ethnicity. I'm Cuban, B. Yeah, you don't, you, you, I think you... You hear the accent every so often, but not, but not a lot. Like Santiago, I mean, you, he sounds like he still lives in Cuba. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I was born and, and raised in Miami, obviously. Um, but my first language was Spanish, just like many, you know, uh, first-generation Cuban-Americans are. That was my first language. And, um, but, like, I've always gone to school in English, so I think that's why I probably don't have that accent. And... I do obviously don't speak as much Spanish as I used to when I was a child. You know, like my grandparents only spoke Spanish and stuff. Are you raising your boy um, bilingual? Um, not as much as I would like to. My, my mother speaks to him in Spanish a little bit. Um, my fiance's mom speaks to him in Spanish and he hears it around a lot and he, he's kind of grown up like that, but he's not totally fluent. He can't read in Spanish. But before we dig in, tell me a little about this. When we were texting, you're like, hey, he's got a recital. And then I go online and see he's playing like the Misfits. Yeah. What kind of, what kind of, what do you play, the Misfits and the Chili Peppers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, what kind so, of recital is this? was not your classical piano recital that I was envisioning. He, he does actually play classical piano as well. Um, he's gone to a music school since he was four. And um, he's always bounced around between uh, piano, playing the drums, and taking voice lessons. And um, he continued doing uh, his, his, his music lessons during the quarantine. And it got really, I don't know, he got burned out on it. He was like not engaged and he was very bored. And I talked to both of his music teachers and we decided to... Uh, show him more of the music that he liked in his music classes. And when they started working with him on like the music that he actually likes rather than like classical piano stuff and jazzy stuff that they were working with him on, his interest 
changed completely and they took a risk. They let him uh, do a Misfits song and a Red Hot Chili Peppers song for his recital. You know, as you're saying that, I'm thinking, because I grew up, I, I know people don't know a lot about the fact that you were a pretty prominent musician. You're on Spotify. What was yeah. the name of that band? Uh, that band is is called Aversion. That's on Spotify. Yeah, I remember you showed me one time. But yeah. I think anything, I hear about it a lot from the wrestling world, you know, like amateur wrestling, high school wrestling of like, you know, um, don't drink water during practice and running three miles gets you prepared for rest, you know, and obviously those of us that understand CrossFit and strength and conditioning realize that's old school. Mm -hmm. And, it, you know, but it's the same in any field because it's the same in music. You know, I know I grew up and you probably grew up the same way where it's like three blind mice and Mary had a little lamb. And I'm like, here I am listening to me, the Grateful Dead or whatever. And it's like, you're making me play this music I don't really care about. So that's really cool that you're and, and maybe that's part of the pandemic, right? Maybe because of the pandemic, you know, your, the music teachers were a little more open-minded there. Yeah, I mean, look, for half of it, he was doing uh, drums on Zoom twice a week. And I would like listen in and he was just not engaged. He was dropping his sticks all over the place. He's just not paying attention, not dialed in. And after a few months, I, I told him, I was like, look, if, if we can't find a way to do this in person, uh, we're just going to have to hold off for now. And that's when they decided to, you know, introduce him to some more of the rocker stuff that he's into. And um, man, he has his his ability to to catch a tune and to play along. It's, it's doubled in the last few months since they allowed him to do that. It's a really cool place. They again, they took a risk. Look, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Californication, kind of like a PC. Pop, it's pop, yeah. Pop. Yeah, it's a pop rock ballad at this point, right? Misfits, Scream, sung by Michael Graves, not even uh, Glenn Danzig. That's like a more obscure later Misfits song. It's insane that they allowed him to do that. That's you cool. Know? Yes. That's he, really He's super pumped to do it. Well... The reason I asked you to come on, I text you, you know, randomly, I'm sure for you, but you are someone, I don't check Facebook a lot, but your, your posts are always for some reason popping in probably because of whatever the algorithm is, I like them. And you had recently posted something about the open that I'd like to hear your opinion on. But more importantly, I was kind of talking to a lot of people about Matt Frazier um, being on the Joe Rogan podcast and you chimed in on that. And I think, I think, you're always surprising, even as we were talking about the pandemic earlier, about how, I don't want to say it's surprising, it's probably not the right word, but you're very open-minded in a lot. And I think people, you're one of those book by the cover type of people. Like you see Danny with the shaved head, his tattoos from his neck down, you're like, all right, cross the street, right? But yeah. I'm always, <laughs> but I'm always, you know, and even when I was working at your box in Miami for level ones, which by the way, I think I've told you, that's where I met my wife. Yep, at, yep. You know, at the tin, at the Alaska. tin box. Yeah, yep. that was like when it rained there, you couldn't hear anything. Um, <laughs> so I've always had a really, to be, and I've cleaned, I've moved a few times since, you know, since then. And I'm always on an effort to get rid of my clothes. But the one shirt I always hang on to is an old school CrossFit sole shirt with like, it's got like the Indian head on it. Like a, yeah. like a traditional looking Indian head. And I just, I've, worn, I've almost worn it out, but it, um, I, you know, it reminds me of some good times. I had some great times at your box. Um, but actually, another tangent, I was in, I was one of the very first seminars I ever worked when I was still in New York. I came down to Miami midway through the squat breakout group. And for those of you that have taken the level one, you know, that's like, you know, two and a half hours into the weekend. I'm like looking at these three people and I was like, you don't speak English, do you? And they were like, no English. I was like, oh shit. I've been like, you know, and that was really eye-opening to me to, to learn, hey, I got to use some visual cues. I got to use some tactile cues. You know, it, it's important to remember that. You know, we talk about, you never know what someone else is going through type of mentality, but hey, you never know what language someone speaks. Anyway. goes down here. Anyway, I really liked what you said about both. Let's, before we dig into Fraser on Rogan, Tell me about your little rant about the open, because I'm I'm anxious to hear, you know, 
Yeah, I, I would classify you as a little more of a competitive box. You guys mm -hmm. have programming that's out there, right? People can buy the sole programming, not just for a crossover, for lifting as well. Right. Correct about that, right? So yeah. what, what, what was your rant about? Um, so in regards to the open, um, right when they made the announcements, uh, immediately my phone started blowing up. Coworkers, uh, coaches, athletes, just friends that own gyms, friends in the space. And it was overwhelmingly negative, you know? Um, and I am a very big critic of CrossFit. I, I mean, my, my whole life revolves around CrossFit, to be very honest with you. So I have really high expectations as well. I, I, I don't just like put my opinion out there just for the sake of hearing myself speak. Um, I'm a really big advocate of, of waving the CrossFit flag in a positive way. And, um, I also have very high expectations, but I was being inundated with a lot of negativity in regards to the first open workout that was announced. And it was a lot about the handstand walk thing and people just being kind of over it. I think, you know, a, a lot of people have, have been in, you know, this sit and wait position in regards to CrossFit HQ and the, the direction where things are going. And I think Dave had a really big opportunity to do something and, you know, maybe there were some people that are let down by this new work, this new movement or movement standard, I guess. Yeah, you know, and I got to be honest, I'm a little removed. I, I coach at the box down the road. I love it there. They're, they're, they're not nearly as competitive as you guys. They have a couple people that try hard. I mean, not that everyone doesn't try hard, but, you know, trying to make it to the next level. I saw the workout and I didn't blink. Like I didn't, I didn't, to be quite honest, other than your post, I didn't realize there was any backlash. I, I mean, double unders have been a state. I mean, they were in the very first open workout, you know, 11 years ago with uh, snatches. Yeah. What's I thought when I saw it, I was like, oh, that's cool. They're, they're doing it so you could do this anywhere. Yeah. But, well, so what look, was the big gripe? Look, I think there's two things and it's a very challenging uh position that dave and a lot of these people are in at, at crossfit hq is they're trying to check the box that you just said it can be done everywhere but there's an there's another side to this and and the crossfit open is it, it, they're, they're trying to make it as inclusive and as possible for athletes that make CrossFit a career, this is also step or stage one in their competitive year. And trying to have both of those two things intersect is very challenging. And from their perspective, I do think they have a point. Yeah, and the point sense. is, the, the, I mean, it's not, it's, not a, it's not a fitness test. It is a CrossFit test. It's not really a fitness test. And, but and, and, for the first score or opportunity for you to have a ranking for the year, for it to be that, I understand their mindset. And, you know, some of the people's first response being like, really, you know, I, that, so, but so, you know, Jason, that is not my opinion. No, no, hey, you're on your I'm, A because you're open-minded, but you do form an opinion. But like you alluded to earlier, I do think I could have reached out to many people about Frazier and Rogan. I reach out to you for that reason. I think you're open-minded, but you do form an opinion and you're not afraid to state it. And for anyone that's unsure about, you know, find Danny on Instagram or, or Facebook where I see a lot of your longer rants and that's why. Yeah. But I guess my question and not you answer, but I know you're answering for those people. What, I mean, to me, it's like, it's just another movement. I get it's gymnastics and it's, you know, it doesn't require a whole lot of skill, but Mm -hmm. The thing I've always said over the years, and, and I think last year was the best example of it, is the fittest rise to the top. And I, I haven't looked at the leaderboard. There's always a group of people that, yes, they excelled in this one workout. And I get it. It's a very limited competition. It's three workouts versus five. I, there may be a two-parter in there. Who knows? But, you know, three weeks versus five. Yeah, if you, someone like me maybe outperformed how I would have done if it were, say, 135 pound snatches instead of the wall walks but you know what would they want to see instead of that would that be a good solution hey one snatch 10 double like is that what they're looking for just a more well-balanced workout i mean there's still two more 
potentially four more workouts that are going to be scored. I would imagine so. I would imagine so. And, and, and me putting that out there was more of like a battle cry, trying to keep my team group of, of followers positive because I had a lot of those people that were being overwhelmingly negative, you know, and, and I think it's, it's the athletic brain oftentimes, you know, um, it sets us up sometimes for success, but sometimes failure. And sometimes it's the athletic brain's first instinct is to be negative. You know, that happens a lot with these guys, you know, so it's kind of a, a battle that we're, we're, we're always trying to fight. So I, I, I get it, you know, but again, it's, oh. it's really not my opinion. But let me ask you again, speaking for them, is there any workout that would have come up where they would have been like, this is great. Like a lot of times those people that are upset about that. They're going to be upset no matter what. Yeah. And then also what's your stance on the fittest rises to the top? Like I said, in any given CrossFit games year, like the year they made the cuts, I believe 19 recently. Sure. Mm -hmm. If they would have put a ruck event first, the cut looks very different than after a workout that requires legless rope climbs and snatches. So I get that there does, I think that does get overlooked when you just blindly say the fittest rise to the top, but over the course of a full competition, I mean, look no further than the same two people won nine out of the last, however many games, you know, 12, 13 years of the games, Froning and Frazier, because no matter what Castro threw at them, and part of those years included the Open. I believe a couple didn't. Froning and Frazier have won, you know, 80% of the op- of the games. Right. So I do think that there are people who are going to complain no matter what. And they're going to have something to say no matter what happens. And you are absolutely right. It is not the fittest who tend to have that response. You're, you're, and if they do, they oftentimes won't make it public. Um, and and the- they do. You see it on social, you know, a handful of people will complain. A handful, for sure. But as a whole, I don't think that the, the real, real, real fittest in our space, and we're talking about two people, um, you don't see them act like that. And, and really, that's kind of that's part of the message that I put, put out to my followers as well, is, you know, if, if, if that is your goal, to be there one day, you're not just trying to work out like those people. You know, the, the same kind of energy and the same kind of persona that they put out there, you got to take notes from that as well, you know, and, and you don't see the fittest do that. I, I will say this is you're absolutely right about the fittest and that the cream will rise to the top. For me, I don't coach those people. And, and I have a very realistic view of where my guys are at, where I am at as a coach, uh, where my program is at, what we have the ability to do. Um, and those are not our people. Um, so some of those things have a much greater impact on the people that I coach, um, versus some of those people that are at the top, top, top level of the sport. I don't have a top 10, top five male or female right now, you know? No, fair enough. You have to respond to the people you, you know, and and I would say you're, while your box is competitive, it's still a very standard box. I mean, to me, it exemplifies what a box should be. Right now in 2021, you have the perfect blend. And if anyone's ever been to Seoul, if you've not been, you should check it out. I mean, people go to Miami all the time, but you have that great blend of old school CrossFit with not only just new school CrossFit, but also creating your culture. I mean, if you're watching this video on YouTube, wherever room you're in right now is what your box looks like. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> you know, and I, but I love it. I mean, the box is you. And you know who else does it super well is David Osorio, CrossFit yeah. South Brooklyn. And I think you guys are very similar in, in <laughs> a lot of your take. And I think there's probably that overlap of the type of person you are and the cultures you belong to. You want to show that. I'm sure you have people that don't care about um, metal music or whatever. I don't think it's called metal, but or tattoos. But I mean, if you see the people that come in every Saturday to work out, there's like seven Dannys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you, you attract your vibe. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, look, here, here was the mission behind creating our gym the way that we did. Uh, we wanted to create a place where we felt comfortable hanging out. In. And we, I know that if I make a place as 
cool as it can be, a place that I would like to train in and spend literally my whole day in, I know it'll attract like-minded people. So we're not all, you know, trying to solicit and look for like a bunch of retired punk rock old guys to come work out. But that that is a you know that happens a lot. <laughs> yeah, rumor is you have to have at least one American traditional tattoo to work out at CrossFit Soul. Um, no, and and I think like my favorite time of the year was always like Halloween. You'd show up and there'd be like those fake cobwebs. They may have been real. I don't know, but you know cobwebs everywhere. So yeah, so we go in Halloween. I, I want to dig into this because this is actually why I reached out to you. Frazier was on Rogan and the affiliate world lost their mind as always. And I learned a lot from it on multiple levels. I want to hear kind of where you would start with it. You know, for one, you're probably like me. You didn't know it was coming. And all of a sudden it popped into my, I forget if it was like my Spotify feed or my Instagram feed, but I was like, Oh shit. Frazier was on. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I saw it on Instagram first as well. Um, I, I am an avid Joe Rogan listener. I listen Same. to probably an episode or two a week. It takes me a couple listens to get through these two to three, three and a half hour long episodes. So it's a lot of background uh, for me. Um, you know, I'm not like a obsessed Rogan guy. I'm not like posting on his Reddit and commenting and, you know, I'm not like the Baba Booey version of, of a Joe <laughs> No, uh, but I think what probably have similarities where I look at the guest. Yeah. If it's a guest I'm like interested in or know, I might listen to the whole episode of uh, like you through my warm ups before I change it to music and all that. And then, and then I'll, I listen to probably almost 90% of his clips, regardless okay. if I like the, simply because I, I find Rogan that knowledgeable about so many different areas that I'm like, okay, I want to hear what he has to say. Although too much of it is about COVID lately, but yeah. I mean, look, uh, UFC, jujitsu, training, science, like, uh, uh, the, the, he checks a lot of boxes, at least yeah. a lot of his guests do, you know? Right, exactly. Um, I, I, I understand the flaw in, in, like, consuming too much of one person's media, so I, I try to not only listen to that. It's very easy to only listen to Rogan because it's so much out there, it's you know, what is it? Sometimes four, three and a half hour episodes per week. It's a lot. Um, but anyways, yeah, I saw it on Instagram and I was like, holy shit. And I saw it so early that I, it, it didn't even pop up on my Spotify feed yet. Oh, um, wow. Okay. Yeah, I couldn't get it to pop up. I was like, oh, this is weird. Um, but whatever. Eventually it popped up. Uh, I listened to it that day. I had like a longer training session in the garage and it just made sense. Um, you know, and I was excited about it because I thought that, uh, Rogan's first CrossFit guest was going to be rich. They've, uh, exchanged comments here and there on Instagram. I believe it's been circulated by people. Um, and I thought that, that it was going to be rich. And I'm at, at, at first I was happier that it was Matt. Um, you know, but, uh, I For what reason? Um, I don't know. I, 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 I would rather, I would rather hear from Matt in a long form podcast. I feel like Matt, Matt would be more honest, and that's always, always, always what I'm looking for. And that's what we got out of him is a lot of honesty, you know. Uh, and, and and look, much like the opinion about the open. Um, I'm not saying it was all bad that Matt was on there. I think that I think that he did exactly what I would expect someone like Matt to do, but I wish he would have done a little bit more. Um, and that's just like my CrossFit fanboy community side speaking. I 100% I agree. I think obviously, like you saw, so many people just immediately reacted negatively. And I, and I agree with the statement that I've seen from some, like Matt doesn't know us or the CrossFit community, anything. I mean, yes, the community is what's allowed this, but at the same time, his mindset that you kind of alluded to earlier really is what, what allowed it. Somebody right before we got on here was asking me like, what, I didn't find it bad. Their box was in this. And they said, what did you find? Like truly what stood out? And I said, 
one thing that really stood out to me was how little Rogan knew about CrossFit. And yeah. I think that is an opportunity because like you just said, UFC, jujitsu, I mean, science, fitness, he's a part owner of On It. I think mm. he's somehow involved in Kill Cliff now. It's like, yeah. if this guy doesn't know what CrossFit is, and I'm sure he's got people chirping in his ear all the time, imagine the demographic that still doesn't know what CrossFit is. Because I have no doubt the right person would convince Rogan why CrossFit is so great. Like, I don't, I, I don't know exactly what he does for training. I see bits and pieces. He uses those expensive looking kettlebells. And, but I mean, you know, the Onnit bells, you know, but I mean, from a science perspective, how many, how much better programming is there? I mean, measurable, observable, repeatable, it doesn't get any better than, than CrossFit. He does CrossFit. Yeah, I mean, you know what? That's a great. That's a, that, that, that is a great way. It's the same reason I was upset with affiliates dropping off because I'm like, don't stop doing. Don't say you're not doing CrossFit and then program for him. He does yeah. CrossFit with bells. He talks about the rogue bike every episode. Every episode. I mean, the one thing he said was like, I did eight Tabatas in a row. I was like, nope. Then you did zero Tabatas because if you did one, you'd be done. But yeah, there's definitely. And 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 going back to what I was saying. I think the big picture to me is as the CrossFit community, we don't want to give people more of a reason to hate on us, right? We're already like vegans where it's like, we talk too much about it. And, you know, people are like, shut up already. Matt, I believe if someone was on the fence, convince them not to do CrossFit. That's, that's what I'm, that's what bothered me the most. Yep. I mean, I agree with you fully. Uh, look, I, I personally know Matt. Um, I know his story. I've heard it. Um, so, you know, Matt didn't say anything new or different that he hasn't said on pretty much every Matt Fraser documentary at this point either, you know? Um, and uh, like I said, that's, that's, that's what he's got to share. He's never been a huge fanboy of CrossFit. He's, and, and even his story of when he, of, of how he started, you know, ah, I was actually a weightlifter. I played a real sport and then I just did this thing on the side one 200 bucks and I figured I'd keep trying to do it and win a little bit more money and here I am you know and it's like what that's your story you know but that's that's the energy that he puts out there and I'm telling you that's what has made that man a champion so maybe part of it is you're right I've not sought out interviews with Matt I haven't even watched the fittest the newest documentary so maybe if you were a little more aware of his what he was telling people to begin with, it wouldn't have come off as such a shock. I think, like we've been saying, a lot of it was we just were like, cool, the first CrossFit representative ever on this tremendous platform. Right. We're going to, you know, and then all of a sudden it was that. So. But let me ask also, you this, Jason. Let me ask you this. Would you have preferred that it was Greg? Not me. I'm, Not I'm me. very biased huh? about Greg. I, I love Greg. No, dude, no, 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 no. one loves Greg more than me. That's not, not true. There's a lot of you guys that love Greg more than me. However, um, I don't know, especially not Greg from the last two years. I don't think so. I think- well, he would have went off on a tangent about carbohydrates and yep. MSCA. I, I MSCA agree. And the buckets of death and Gatorade and the, the same shit that he did when I went to Canada. And I was like, what yeah, the fuck we, did this guy just say? <laughs> I was like, is someone getting this? Because it's over my head. Um, <laughs> but then, you know, like, I, not not Dave either, to be honest. You know, you know who I think probably would have been the best guest. I'm gonna, I'll tell you who you're gonna say, Nicole. Tia. Tia, Tia would been, be great as well. Yeah, it I would think. have been Tia from the perspective that Tia's Tia's partner is a coach, so she's plugged in to the coaching world that that psyche she could have represented us better from that angle because matt represented us very poorly like if you are listening to that podcast and there's potential for you to look for coaching in the crossfit space you probably didn't because he made coaching overall look very poorly except for himself and his secrets and his methods which right? by the way is about to sell no shit <laughs> so well, and i think I, I, Before, let me just say one thing. If people are that upset, don't buy his programming. That's how I interpret yeah. it. Like, you don't like it? You, you, this is a free market. Go buy Danny's programming or search out Proven or whatever it is. You've heard me talk about it before, and I'm truly 
not joking. I'm being 100% genuine. I love Doc Spartan products. I use it every day. I talk about the Sex Panther beard bomb. That's literally what is in my beard right now. And I use all of the scrubs. My favorite being the coffee scrub, just in the shower, gives you the tingles, gives you the feels. I love it. And there's so many other great products. I use their deodorant. I've used their hand care when I've had tears. Just check them out. It's veteran owned, you know, guy that was in the military serving our country, Dale. I got to know him over the years and he's just a great dude. And I started buying his products and he reached out to me and said, hey, we want to support the show and we appreciate it. And I just want you guys to not only support Doc Spartan and Dale, but also reap the benefits. If you want to be sexy like me, then you want to check out Doc Spartan products, 15% off with the code best hour. That's best hour for 15% off anything at their website, docspartan.com. Check out the coffee scrub and definitely check out the beard balm. And ladies, there's stuff for you too. So head on over to docspartan.com, use the code best hour and save 15%. Yeah. Well, look, so Tia from that perspective would have been great. Guess what? We forget Tia was involved in, in box ownership back home in Australia. She could have spoken about it from the affiliation perspective. And it's something that she's actually educated about. She could have spoken about it from the perspective of having had taken her level one and wanting to, not because she just he just wanted to smash some chick or whatever he said. You know, um, she could have talked about it from the athlete perspective as well. All things that I don't think were very well represented. You know, like if, if you're listening to Matt's podcast, your takeaway of the athletes are they all use drugs except for this guy. You know, everyone's juiced up except for the best dude. So, yeah, I and I mean, and in fairness, whether it was Glassman, Castro, or Nicole Carroll, like I recommended, I agree with that to, last one too. There, there has to be some name recognition behind it, also. Otherwise, in other words, especially on the Joe Rogan podcast, he doesn't just have someone, I mean, granted, some of his people do, but that would be very self serving. Where Matt mm -hmm. kind of, yeah, CrossFit was beneficial in his life, obviously, but he has no interest you know he's not going to gain anything other than people following his program where nicole or dave you or i i think are so biased the other direction that yeah. you know we would have simply been trying to convince rogan why crossfit is the greatest and even tia might have been in the middle but i think i agree with you she'd be great you know and, and the other thing i noticed other than rogan doesn't know enough about crossfit is there's clearly a disconnect somewhere between the competitive side and the affiliate side. I mean, yeah, like you, I, I, I don't feel that at all. Those I mean, Frazier did very little. At one point, he said it might be a three-day seminar. You know, he said he, you know, he doesn't know that it's, you know, what what the affiliate fees are. They were struggling to kind of really define an affiliate versus a franchise. And and I'll tell you, before you go on, I think the thing that upset me the the most on the entire podcast was when Frazier kind of laughed about the fact that it was a two-day, like, ah, just a two-day seminar, that's all you need. I started training people in 1996 out of the back of a textbook and was given old men rhabdo, you know, at the local club fit that I, had, I didn't know I was giving them rhabdo at the time. The two-day seminar in the CrossFit world is still light years beyond what any other company is doing in the training space. Yeah, I agree. That was, that was what bothered me the most. But go ahead. What were you going to say? No, um, you, you know, uh, the athletic side and competitive side of CrossFit and then the affiliate side of CrossFit for me has never been a confusing thing. Um, this is how I've always looked at the model of affiliation and CrossFit as a whole is CrossFit provides someone like me a bunch of resources and it's up to me to use them however I want. That is what affiliation is about. It's not... I don't have to do the open. I don't have to serve, you know, uh, 60 plus people. I don't have to do these CrossFit.com workouts. I don't have to host CrossFit HQ to come to my gym at all. I don't even have to put it anywhere. You know, I, I can pick all these pieces and, and, and figure out how they intersect with my population and my culture. And that's what we've always done. 
you know, CrossFit pivots and we make the decision on whether that's going to work for us or not, you know? Um, and that is the, 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 the confusing thing for the general population. And I think it's always going to be this way. And until HQ makes some big, I don't know, name changes, I, I don't know that they're going to figure that out. Like, if you ask the lay person, CrossFit is CrossFit. They don't understand the difference between, you know, the CrossFit games, the open, the, you know, the CrossFit gym down the street. And I think it's mostly due to the name. You know, they're going to have a really hard time with that always. It's always going to be an uphill battle. Yeah, especially, you know, as you think about it, the difference between a franchise and affiliate, people love fast food because whether you're in Miami or China, you're getting a Big Mac. Right. Where, you know, if you started going to a handful of different ones, you are like, this Big Mac is not nearly as good. You'd start thinking maybe all McDonald's aren't, aren't as good. So, yeah, that's the difference in the affiliate model. And I think I love the affiliate model for that reason, the same reason yeah. as you. But that's where, based on the conversation, Frazier, you know, talked up, I think it was Champagne, Champagne or Champlain Valley, which is in Vermont. You know, when I was in the Northeast, I knew them. But basically made it sound like I found the one good box in the country. All the rest are shit, right? And and luckily, had I not walked into them, you know, and had this, you know, virtuous form as an Olympic lifter, yeah. you know, which by the way caused you to break your back or other injuries multiple times, like I, I wouldn't have been where I am today. I'm laughing because my very dear friend, Jade Jenny. Um, and his oh, that's Jade's box. Danny. Yeah, that's their gym. That's why I knew them. Yeah. yeah. And, and it is a know. good gym. It's like yeah. our same energy in Vermont. It's like a very similar mindset. You know, it's you're, you're not going to walk in and they're listening to Madball or whatever, but it, it is still very much of a similar vibe of a gym. It's very smart, smart programming, good balance of competition and community. His partner's a multiple-time CrossFit Games athlete. Yeah, I didn't real when he said the name until you just said that. Yeah, I mean, those that don't know, Danny Haran. Well, I think she they're married now, so he, she may have a different name. Um, like Danny just said, multiple-time individual and and did quite and well team. at the games too. And team, mm -hmm. yeah. And then Jade is a phenomenal coach and programmer. So yep. yes, Matt got lucky. And, and I have no doubt if he would have walked into the wrong box and been turned off to CrossFit, he's not on the Rogan podcast, you know, all these years later, but I, I think it could have just been better stated and he just probably doesn't know any better. Like that's the beauty of the affiliate model is there are going to be some shitty CrossFit affiliates, but that's up to you. Even the shittiest may be your favorite because they do listen to Madball or whatever goes on. Right. So there's the pros and cons of being, an affiliate model and and the cream rise coach glassman as long as i know him said it that was his mantra you know the cream cream will rise to the top and you know what where have we seen it more so than during the pandemic oh god that has never been you know i've, I've always battled with the fact that greg had said that um especially like look we live in the united states i drive outside and you see a walmart a target a mcdonald's and a bk on every corner it's hard to live in a city like Miami and really say, believe, and feel that the cream rises to the top. But I will say, you know, 11 years after I heard Glassman have that, you know, give that, that, that speech at the first Phil Fest or 10 years or however long it's been, and he did his cream will rise to the top speech to the affiliates, that it could not be more the truth than you see now post-pandemic. That is absolutely the only CrossFit gyms that have survived are the best ones, at least in this city. Yeah, they were the ones that were building that community where like we were discussing earlier, you know, they continued to pay their membership while the box was closed, but the box owners were paying rent. So yep. you know, the, it, was, it was definitely eye-opening to me, the boxes that did a lot of the shortcuts along the way, whether it was, you know, discounted rates or the, you know, boot camp type stuff that went on and never built that strong community definitely got punished during the pandemic. But, yep, you know, and, and that was it. It was like, okay, I think Matt was alluding to that. It just wasn't coming off 
very strongly. Were there any other points that you heard about from, you know, your, your family, your friends, your members about it? Um, not, not really, you know, um, my thing is this, that was the longest form slash largest platform CrossFit has had at this point. That is the most insight someone is going to have to CrossFit up to now. And my only beef is that I wish it was represented, uh, in a better light and with someone who had a little bit more enthusiasm about things other than how they do in competition, to be honest, you know, um, that's just me being picky. I always want CrossFit to be represented well. And when I feel like it's represented, you know, in a corny way or just arrogantly or whatever, I'm just, you know, I, I would prefer it wouldn't be. <laughs> I think it's easy enough for us to look stupid as it is. You know, so I'm like really big and picky that we're presented in a, in a positive light. You know? Yeah, I think, you know, the analogy a lot of people make, it's like you, you find this band. I'm sure you went through this as, as a kid where it's like this band is playing this local spot. No one knows about them. Then they have a big hit and all of a sudden they're touring. And sometimes someone would be like, well, if I asked you, hey, give me a Misfits song to listen to, you'd give me the one that you think would hit home for me. And that's what we wanted here. Oh, this is a great opportunity. Let's show the world why CrossFit's so amazing. And then it was kind of a, a letdown. Well, look, before Matt, uh, Rogan has had on two other guests that did not like CrossFit. Um, he had on, I think, one of GSP's strength conditioning coaches, who's yeah. not, not an advocate. Fazee, Fariz, Faziz. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and, and then he had another, um, he had another strength coach that was speaking very poorly about Olympic lifts being done for time, uh, you know, non technically, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah, so and it, he, he this was the chance to kind of set some of those wrongs right. Like they could have had that debate. That 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 would have been uh, worthwhile, I think. You know. And the truth of the matter is, though, Frazier would not have been the person to have that debate. Frazier is so narrowly focused on competition in a great way. I mean, five firsts, I forgot the fact that he had two seconds. I mean, seven years, he was yeah. the top two fittest, you know, on, on the planet. And, I mean, I'll, and tell, he moved... I'll tell you what, that... from a technical perspective, someone being picky about the Olympic list being done for time. If you run a video of Matt performing grace at 100 kilos... Uh, he's going to look perfect, perfect, yeah. perfect, perfect. You know, that, that I agree, maybe he wouldn't have been the best, best guy to have that debate, but wa watching some film of his with any of those guys, you, you, they would have no argument. Well, and, and that's what I was going to say. I think that was the opportunity. Like, oh, cross is bad for you. You're going to get hurt. Well, I was among the two best for seven straight years, and I'm okay. Mm -hmm. And when I did Olympic lifts, by the way, I broke my back, and that dude ripped his hands off. You know what I mean? Like, so, you know, I mean, that's where it was like, because he had no, what's the word I'm looking at? You know, he had no reason to promote CrossFit other than the fact that it, that that's different where you and I would have been, you know, sounding the, the CrossFit alarms. He, he didn't really have to it. And, and I will say this, he seemed to me, this is my interpretation, a little starstruck. And I see this a lot with the people on Rogan where it's like, I don't agree with you, Joe. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. You know, you see yeah. that a lot. So I want to keep this conversation going for three hours. I want to sound somewhat entertaining. I want this guy to like me. And I don't know, Matt, you know, I've met him a handful of times, but I don't want to speak for him. But there could have been some of that as well. I know I can say whatever I am right now, and I, I could get on Rogan and be like, CrossFit's dumb. Don't do it. Like, you know, Rogan might convince me of that. Well, look, I, I, I speak my truth always. <clears throat> and there's a lot, by the way, that Matt said that is very true. And I will tell you that Matt genuinely, I mean, I mean I'm not going to put words in his mouth, right? But I would put my money that Matt is, was genuinely offended by Greg Glassman not knowing who he was. And I think there's really good reason to feel like that. 
And I bet he, that story, by the way, I bet that shit is true. Because I, I don't know circles. I, I've, I've, I've seen stuff like that play out, you know? I don't doubt that it's true. I have, I know a different, you know, all that went down about Greg over the summer. You know, I've always had a different relationship with him. Not obviously, you know, but at the same time, I, I don't think what he did is right. But I also feel like he got completely canceled when he's done a lot of good in this world, in the fitness world. But I think, you know, that doesn't make up for your mistakes. He messaged me when I had my baby, you know, so, but I do also agree with you. I have no doubt he did not know who Frazier was, but going back to something you said about Matt, that's always been Greg's story. He never, once the games grew to beyond Aromas, you know, I think he was like, I messed up. And yeah. he was always trying to pull back on the games. And in fairness to the affiliates on this level, yes, the games grow the box. I think there's no denying that. But Greg was always pro-affiliate and wanting to do the best for affiliates. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. You know, from the guy's perspective, look, Matt can sit here and tell you, hey, man, I've also committed my whole entire life to CrossFit. And, and look, I'll tell you this. Maybe if CrossFit was a bigger advocate of he, maybe he would have been a bigger advocate of they. Because I'll That's tell a, you, I've, I've, I've coached at the games. I've been in many back rooms. Remember, there's an organization that I just stopped working for before the pandemic. And that organization is the same organization that manages Matt. And a lot of the biggest events in our entire sport, loud and live. I didn't realize um, you stopped working for them. You're no longer with them? I'm no longer with them, no. Um, and I'll tell you that a lot of those stories that Matt said, they have a lot of truth to them from the Dave Castro perspective, you know? Um, so I could also see how he feels that way. You know, that's, CrossFit that's, didn't, it, it, besides create, besides facilitating an environment for him to earn some money, like a lot of the big wigs at HQ really, you, you know, I'll say Matt feels disrespected by them. And I think he, he let people know that on the podcast. Yeah, and I don't know any of those stories, but I, I agree with where you're coming from. In general, I think that's probably an interesting take on it. I mean, life, right? Like, hey, I don't know your story. I don't know what, you know, what you've dealt with. I just like Glassman only know Dave to be a phenomenal human being. I know he gets a lot of shit out there. And I I don't follow a ton of the game stuff on social media. I remember when Dave said Matt's this, but I also know he followed it up with I didn't mean it. And I also think there's something to be said about you and I are big WWE fans, right? Mm. There's, there's, you know, there's something to be said about no different than the UFC kind of taking in, Hey, the storytelling and creating a heel versus a baby face. Dave definitely embraces that heelish persona. But if you knew Dave behind the scenes, you'd be like, man, this guy would give, you know, the shirt off his back to you. So I think there was probably of like, hey, I've got to build up some interest in this. This dude's been running away with it for four plus years. Let's make the world believe someone else can win it. He's playing Dana White. Yeah, exactly. Good. Slash Vince McMahon, right? Yes, as as he should, for sure, for and, sure. But I mean, everybody's clinging to that. Hey, Matt said Dave tried. First of all, I I, I don't know the the workings of the programming. I don't even you know Dave tests a lot of workouts, I'm sure. I don't think he goes in, it goes back to what we were saying. Hey, Matt, if, if he's trying to program for you, what you've done is show him the fittest can do anything. There is, you know, work on your weakness until they're your strengths. Cause I don't think there's a workout Dave can program over and over that Matt doesn't win or at least allow him to be fittest. Yeah, I, I, I mean, look, I think the one difference um, between someone that's in a position like Dave versus someone in a position like Dana White is Dave literally makes the rules. And when someone who makes the rules is saying th things about your performance, um, you could also feel a way about that. You know, um, that's not quite like Dana White, just the president sharing his opinion about Masvidal's tenure with the UFC. You know what I mean? But I've always thought that's, I mean, the difference with the UFC is there are other organizations you can go to. Most people, the average fan just 
UFC is MMA, where really there's Bellator, there's Rise, and there's one. I mean, no. there's tons of independent scenes. Where with CrossFit, there's really only one cross. I mean, there's no other sport out there where like the governing body is the name of the sport. I know. I, I you know, and, and it's definitely unusual where then one person can impact really the outcome. Because like we said earlier, Dave programs he could have put a that ruck first and all of a sudden the dude from the obstacle course race is your front runner instead of <laughs> seeing you know what i mean i forget it uh hunter hunter mcintyre right <laughs> no but the point is and you could take those seven or 11 events however many events there were and you shift them around a little bit you might have a different top 10 i think the podium would be there but i also believe dave is pretty fair and he he uh, lives by the values of CrossFit and wouldn't want that. Well, the, the, look, this is what I tell all my guys before the open. And, and, and this is what I opened up with uh, Friday at 12 o'clock when I was briefing everybody before we did 21.1. And it is, if it, it, every time you go to games.crossfit.com and you sign up for the open, you are essentially, now, now as an athlete, not as a general population person, not as a, uh, look, I, this is where Greg and I are different, right? I don't call my clients athletes or my athletes clients. There is a distinction between you're an athlete. I'm going to talk to you like an athlete. I'm going to train you like an athlete. I'm going to have athletic expectations from you, right? You're on this track. And then my clients go in this bucket, right? So when I say athletes, I mean athletes. I don't mean general population people. What do you call those people? Clients. Okay. Yeah. The, 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 those are fitness classes, those GPP, it's GPP programming. Those are not athletes at all. Um, you know, my athlete, if my athlete shows up late to 21.1, I'm going to have a really tough conversation with him or her, you know, because I invest unlimited amount of time into some of those kids. So I'm going to have those expectations the same way a football coach would, you know, I'm, I'm not going to think my client's are going to get the same treatment as these guys, you know, anyways, yeah. um, what I, what I opened with on, on, on Friday is, yo, when you go to games.crossfit.com and you register, you're subjecting yourself to whatever they want to do. So like understand that before you register. So you don't have all these little, you know, hissy fits and complaints about, this standard of the handstand and you didn't like this and there was no barbell this year and there's none of this do a little bit of research do look into the history a little bit and realize that this what just happened is very on brand with dave castro and if you don't know that you're the problem you know? uh, agreed you know and, and going back to something you said earlier you rarely see the top complain you know they may throw out you know, I could I could point to Jacob Hepner talking about handstand pushups a couple of years ago, or you know, but it's far and few in between other than the guys that are getting popped for PEDs. You know, mm -hmm. you're you're not getting a lot of complaints, and I think you're right. You know, a you have to realize where you fall in this sport. While you train some athletes, they probably are also not. Maybe a handful are pushing. You know, the the next level, but the majority yeah. are just like I want to do my best and. You know, your best should include doing some wall walks in the off season, knowing we may see them again, right? For everybody. I'll tell you, I can, I will bet you money that you will see them at the games with a weight vest. Yeah. And, you know, that's a point that most people don't ever really appreciate is the, the open is a small portion of the CrossFit season. Yeah. Right. So back in the day, the regionals used to get a little heavier and a little more events than the, the games. I mean, if you showed up at the games and you were an average CrossFitter, you're going to get smashed because you're probably not doing the running, biking, and swimming necessary to compete there. But that's part of the season, which is why you see so much running at the games because it's meant to fill out the entire season's worth of monostructural movement. I think I think anyone that is being too reactive to 21.1 and the standard and, and look, I, I don't love it either right um it's not right. my favorite thing you know what i really don't love is is you're gonna see people on their third attempt at this thing just figure out a really bizarre uh hip pike position to just totally hack this thing like this workout is not going to be won by 
the person who did the best wall walks or the person who was most fit with this or that. It's going to be won by the people who hacked the shit out of it. You know, so yeah. I, I don't love it from that perspective. I, I, I don't love hack like heavy hackable important workouts i like simple workouts that can show us truly how fit you are you know um yeah i have people posting in my private group jersey tony about hey do you think this will count and it's like any movement where you can ask do you think this will count maybe shouldn't be a move i mean you're not saying that about a snatch right you're not saying that about a back squat yeah so i i could i could see that perspective um the people that are going to still have a big gripe with a workout like 21.1 they're, they're they're not seeing the whole picture and and that's more than likely because you know they're probably not gonna get past the open yeah that's... and that's a gut check that sucks but i'll say this the changes that hq have made competitively for developing people right now are tremendous they're so good for a program like mine and so good for developing athletes, which is something that has not existed since regionals. The last two years, forget about the pandemic, the last two years of the sanctionals has been absolutely atrocious for the developing CrossFit athletes. It's only been good for the 1% in CrossFit. That's it. And, and you think now because... I, I, to be quite honest, I've not followed close enough. They're going back to regional events, but they're not run by home office, right? Like they're sanctional events still, but you qualify. Do you qualify through the open? So you qualify. So, so the open is now being known as in the like athletic circles as like stage one. Right. That's the open. Then top 10% of your continent moves on to stage two, which is going to essentially be the same online qualifier that they did last year to qualify those top five guys for the games. Remember that? Oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. It was heavy, and they did all the, the benchmarks, super heavy. That is essentially going to look like stage two. Then from there, you qualify for a regional slash sanctional. From there, you qualify for the games. So now can, we have can – some, Can the only – thing is can some people bypass stage one and two and just go direct nope so there's so what they've really done is say hey everyone can compete for three weeks after these three weeks we chop it a little bit yep. and i think you from what you're saying that's what we're going to see like you said last i judged hepner for example where it's like you got that awful annie and friendly friend or whatever where now we can get a little more complex movements a little more uh, heavy specific like not everybody might have a ghd or a drag rope and then eventually go live yep that, that's that's interesting yeah and i think that goes back to what you're saying like i've, I've always said this you know, for a long time there was a debate at the box i don't know if you guys probably had it where it's like hey should i drop the bar in between or go unbroken <laughs> and i'm like hey you know who doesn't ask about this rich Fro this will be like you know rich froning if you're asking me this question, you're trying to sneak in. And not yeah. that, you know, but it's the same thing you were saying. It's like, if, if you're if you're at that level, you don't, you know, it's the, it's the expression about like lions and sheeps, right? You don't concern yourself with that. And not that they're all sheep, but, but yeah, if you're complaining or you're upset about it, chances are you have a gap in your fitness and you need to improve it. Yeah, exactly. Hard man. to say that. It's hard to say that to people paying you. And by the way, where can people find your programming? um everything about our programming our online store whatever it is is on www.teamsoultraining.com and then all of our socials are at team soul uh for gym related stuff is crossfit soul yeah and check them out if you're in miami by the way you, your partner sean probably was happy about this workout very happy about this workout yeah he got to coach his ass off with me on friday um yeah he was very happy about this workout but i mean mostly because i mean for those that don't know sean soul sean also is uh at crossfit at crossfit soul and i mean part of the gymnastics crew so i'm sure he crushed the uh wall walks yeah he did all right he's actually about to compete at uh usa weightlifting uh masters nationals this weekend oh so, so he might not have gone super hard on it yeah he took it super easy on it very 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 slow to be honest he's still probably 
he still probably beat me. But anyway, I think that was good. I think it was important. And, and I'm really glad I had you on because I think you did open my eyes to a few things and hopefully the listeners as well. I think the reason, ultimately the reason so many people got upset, not, hey, with the open and or with Frazier is because this is something we all care about. And when you care about something, you're more likely to get upset about it. Yep. And that's, right? dude, that's, the, the, you know, in the same vein of where we were at talking about my speech to my guys with, uh, about 21.1, I said that also. I said, you have a lot to say because you care. And that's really fucking good. Now let's figure out a place to channel that energy. Let's use like the, like Let's use it in the right way, not negatively. You're never going to hear Matt Fraser, whether you like his podcast or not, talk shit about a workout before he does it. It's not going to happen. Yeah, take that energy and climb up the wall with it. But, you know, and it's so different. We all, I mean, if you're listening, it's like, hey, some stranger out on the street, you know, says something, you're annoyed for five minutes, your significant other does it, you know, you're fighting because you care. You know, mm -hmm. you, you care more about the things you, you, you love and whether it's, you know, punk rock music or CrossFit, you know, we all have, and, and, and it's something that we're allowed to have an opinion on and can easily voice it. But I think uh, the best course of action is, you know, be quiet and just do your best. Yep, always. All right, Danny. Well, I appreciate you coming on to talk about this stuff. It was really great. And, you know, keep, keep it up. I look forward to hopefully seeing you again soon. Yeah, man. Likewise. Thanks for having me on, dude. I genuinely appreciate it. So you never miss an episode of the podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and on all major podcasting platforms at best hour of their day. Thank you so much for tuning in and for being a part of the best hour of our day. See you next time.